Welcome to another episode of Sync and Assist, episode 48. This week, Brad and I, we sit down and we sort of steer the ship in a different direction. We discuss something that we don't normally talk about on this podcast. As some of you may know, outside of this podcast, Brad and I, we are creatives. And in this week's discussion, we talk about directing and acting. Pretty much the process of filmmaking. For those of you that follow us on social media, maybe you've noticed that Brad and I, we are working on a project together at the moment. So we thought it'd be a great idea to sit down and have a discussion about it and show you all a different side of us that you aren't used to seeing in this podcast. So this week, like every week, we have yet another really good and entertaining episode for you all. But before we get into this week's episode... We are just two weeks away from episode 50 of Sync and Assist. So whether you're following us on social media or not, please do. And please reach out to us and let us know what it is you would like to see in our next milestone episode in just two weeks. You can find Brad at Bradley Pallone on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at RobertDXN on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can find Sync and Assist on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Sync and Assist. You can find this podcast on iTunes and Spotify, as well as a handful of other platforms. We are pretty much wherever podcasts are found. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so please rate, review, subscribe, and share. But let's get right in this week's episode, episode 48, Sync and Assist. <laughs> directing uh, uh, a lot lately uh, these past few months have been they've been pretty busy for me as far as film goes uh not patting myself on the back or anything mm. going into this year which is a whole other conversation i said i wanted to work for myself by the end of the year check um but, but i've been busy lately and um one as far as directing is concerned and one thing that I've been doing a lot more lately that like um I was like I said before we started recording is I've been looking at a lot of actors interviews like um Hollywood Reporter and Variety they have some good they have a couple good series they have a like director's roundtable and actors on actors and I I've been watching and studying um actors a little more because um one thing we can talk about later when these projects are released um acting a little more um as far as like behind uh, an inside look behind the scenes for an audio podcast um basically but uh we've worked on a project recently and you've had to act so and so we have an actor and a director here um (laughs) but i've been studying actors a little more Lately, and I, I used to act, and I had an agent even, and I, I, I've done a lot of auditions and everything. So like I, am very, I'm pretty versed in that uh, field. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always like 
something I wanted to do, but directing was number one mainly. And then I, I explored in acting and I went down a really, I went down a rabbit hole, um, which is one thing we can get into uh, today. But I've been, I've always studied directors, but I've been studying actors a little more because a director has to know, um, you know, the actors. They have to, you know, speak that language. And I, I, I don't think a director should not have that experience because yeah. I know what it takes to act. I know what it takes to go there. And I, so as an actor, as a former actor, as a director now, I can tell, I, I, I know how to steer a director, an actor in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know... Because I speak, I've spoken that language as well. And I was fluent in it. And not to say that I am, you know, the same, like, I, I can say some lines, you know, like right. today, but I'd much rather film those lines. Right. Yeah. And before we started recording, we were, we started to have a pre, go pretty deep in, you know, the discussion about actors. And I don't know, where, where do you think we should go? From this. Should we continue that conversation or should? Well, I, I'd like to kind of dive into the nuances of, of what it means to be an actor and a, a director and see where it goes from there. Because um, uh, when you told me you were listening to some interviews, uh, my first reaction was good because I, you know, obviously you can be whatever director you want to be. Um, you know, I, I, of course, I would hope to work with you. Uh, for forever, you know, obviously it won't be, you know, con consistent or, you know, it'll be off and on and stuff because you'll have your own projects that I'm not involved in. But, um, but, um, you know, I, I do hope to work with you for a long time. And, um, uh, I just think it's cool that you're, you're open to being more of a actor's director as opposed to, you know, I would never tell you you should be w one way or the other, but uh, the m projects that I, I'm always more interested in are um, either script-driven movies, like have a lot of dialogue, or they don't necessarily have a lot of dialogue, but they just have a lot of emotion coming from people. Because, um, you know, unless the project calls for it to be very stale and more scenic, uh, I typically don't really care for projects that um, are very stale and, you know, just scenic. Um, but like I said, I mean, if the project calls for that, if it's like a, um, uh, what's the, uh, Blade Runner. You know, if it's like Blade Runner where it's really, um, it's supposed to be kind of dull in acting and kind of more straightforward just delivering lines just to carry the 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 story forward and not really give you any emotional depth that it's there for a purpose because it's a few you know futuristic setting and uh it's, it's a lot of robots in them a lot of ro <laughs> yeah so they act like robots um yeah. so in that instance it, it actually uh, that's what the project calls for but my favorite movies are limited location. Mm -hmm. Let's show the range of the actor, because it's, it's which is definitely a goal of mine for mm. twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily we don't really have the budget to uh, 
to shoot really big movies with multiple locations and stuff. But I mean, that's coming, right? You know, you, you know, you're going to be doing that, you know, once you, once you profit more off of this, then you can take the money and turn it around and put it back into the, to counter what you, what you just said, like we don't have a big budget and everything. I was watching uh, the director's roundtable on, I think it's Hollywood Reporter, and it was like Angelina Jolie, Guillermo del Toro, Danny Villeneuve, uh, Greta Gerwig, mm. um, Patty Jenkins, okay, and uh, I think maybe two more um, directors. But the host he asked all the directors, the budget doesn't matter. And you could go anywhere in time, what would you like to see? But Guillermo del Toro, he, which I love, I, I love that man. He's one of my heroes as a director and, and just period as a fan of movies. Um, but he, he cut the host off and said, but budgets, those limitations are what give you freedom. And that's the thing about like horror films, like they're, they never get a big budget. So it makes you focus on the story. It makes you focus on what's important about the project itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes your limitations are your freedom in a way. Right, because if you think about it, probably from a technical standpoint, if, if, you, if you have, you know, $500 million to make a movie... Then Justice League already, yeah. Then already, that's gonna open up for hiring more people to try to steer a ship, and you're gonna lose focus of what. I mean, well, I, you know, I don't want to say you will. I mean, some movies don't, but you're gonna have a whole bunch of people steering that ship at once. It's just hard to grab a hold of that. Mm -hmm. um, so it gets out of control. Hence, Justice League's a good example, actually, where it's like there's so much CGI, so much things going on, no focus, like the movies prior to Justice League were um, in that in that universe. Anyways, they were they still felt they had a high budget, but they still felt a little more a little more focused than that. Um, but like the more higher budget you have the more that you almost feel like you have to use those resources or the the team kind of steps in and says well we're we'll, with this budget we got to have this 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 and this and it's like but it's not about that mm -hmm. it's not about any of that and the audience will know that consciously or subconsciously they're going to know that this movie has lost its purpose and it's just a, it's just an effects trip, you know. It's just a a visual trip, um, and it's like that's not why this movie is really supposed to exist. The movie's supposed to exist because it's supposed to evoke emotion and nostalgia, and um, and the the actors need to act, and they didn't shine. Nobody shined. Like, we need those moments. I love movies that have moments. Mm -hmm. um, but not just moments. It needs to be the whole thing. You know, there, there's plenty of movies that have moments that didn't 
you know, it missed the mark. I get that. But but at least you can say, even if a project's story is bad, that there were scenes where it's like that you can see that camera just got locked right into that actor's face. They were in some kind of zone. They were elsewhere. They weren't even them. And it's like, yeah. Like, whoa. You know, is that me and... and and my my mom has, has always been big movie buffs over the years, and so we've always focused on the actor's delivery. Like we can we can just smell BS, you know, right right off the bat. Like oh, this actor isn't really feeling it. We just we discern when an actor's in that moment or not. Yeah, immediately. Like I cut myself off, and you actually brought it up. Um, I cut myself off before we started recording this episode, and. I said that you can tell when an actor is how you can tell in their delivery when an actor is is really focused like within the story and like knows what it is because I, I was telling you before I even said that because like you can tell like a lot of actors their delivery is awful so like the scene falls apart mm. because you have to be able to discern the difference. Like, mm. there's a huge difference from uh, theatrical acting mm. and fi- film acting yeah. because um, plays, it's all about projection and it's about expressing yourself a little more physically than in a film where... This the you know, there's gaff tape on the floor. This you walk to this point, <laughs> and you stay here, and you only move in- incrementally, and we're gonna do this for the next five to six hours. This mm-hmm. one setup. Right. So, <laughs> um, like I was saying, like if you move the camera just a little bit, you have to, you know, compensate for that. Right. With lighting and everything. So. Yeah, um, you can tell. Um, I've seen a lot of like independent films where an actor is not delivering right, like it's not convincing mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah, convincing. And, yeah, and you have to like do your homework. Like before, um, I-, I was talking about how like d- d- the different exercises. Like when I was in drama, like I would be given an assignment and it would be my teacher mr akins uh he was actually I've, my brother's actually seen found him on tv before he's an actual actor and he and it was this was in high school <laughs> um so um i'll never forget when i graduated high school um he walked up to me shook my hand and said it's your time now it's like damn right mr akins it is. <laughs> and I didn't do anything for years. But um, <laughs> the assignment would be monologues. You have to find a monologue online. It better not be from a movie. And if it's from a movie, you're going to fail this assignment. But you have to find a monologue. And it has to be from a play. You cannot know what the play is. You have to find this monologue. Have no don't do any research on it or anything. 
you have no context, you have to be able to, as a direct, as an actor, take the the um, take the script, and tell me everything that's happening in the scene when just from one person's um, mm-hmm. not dialogue, monologue. Right. Um, so like, there are telltale signs in a conversation, like. When you do that research, you find out who your character is. You find out, like, what would this character do? Like, this characters literally do speak to you when you get to a certain point. So, which is, uh, like, rabbit hole. Like, I, I mentioned before, like, in my mental state, at that point, I, w- I could not handle, like, acting. Because <laughs> uh, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole, but... Um, there are two types of people that act. But, yeah, you have to be able to do that research. Mm. And when you do that research and you really um, lend yourself to it, then you're on the right track. Mm. But, yeah, like acting can be really fun, but you have to, it depends on how far you go. You have to be very careful. <laughs> right. Well, um, so you're mentioning plays and about how it's uh, it's different than like playwrights are different than uh, movies uh, in in delivery, like with projection and and everything like that. And I I I see that like um, it initially I've never really been interested in plays. I never wanted to get me neither. <laughs> like I mean, I took a drama class too, um, so I like I understand how playwrights work. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just never interested me until I got more immersed in movies, and then I started looking at some of those actors' work uh, in plays. Um, and then uh, you've seen Birdman, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are some plays that are just a one-man show, you know, where it's just a stage plot and that's drama class. One, it's ba- it's <laughs> basically a f- yeah, it it's basically uh, just an actor, you know, going going on script, off script sometimes too, just winging it, just kind of getting in this weird zone, this weird headspace, and people just kind of want to see someone's emotion just become, you know, they become something different than what they started with. You know, it could be something like, you know, a businessman, you know, just he comes home from work, and slowly every day something is chipping away at him every time he goes to that job. So he he. He's in that living room setup, and it's like the whole, the the whole play is him in that living room. But it's like, it's 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 him having a, uh, you know, a, a dialogue with himself, you know, an exchange with himself, and like stuff like that. It for the real intelligent, introspective people, uh, typically go to see plays like that. You know, where it's like, let me. Let me get something out of this, you know. Um, but 
I've always been the movie guy myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you can still you can still get immersed in something like that, like a play. It's the same idea as a play. It's just, it's not about the projection or the stand over here and start singing kind of a thing too. Because a lot of the plays are musicals, but not all of them. But, um, I yeah, movies are just there's something you can get so immersed in these things, you know. Who didn't as a kid? And I think what started all that love was um, was superhero movies, of course. Um, but then, you know, I've, I've talked about this in the podcast a while back, but I, I used to do this movies as literature course as some of my, my homeschool courses. And instead of doing reading comprehension, because uh, I'm a great writer. Uh, I was an A, you know, A student you know, English and writing, stuff like that. But when it comes to reading comprehension, I was terrible at it. So, um, which is kind of going to be something of, something to work through as a actor too, because with scripts, I'm going to need to comprehend what it, it's, it's in order for me to, to comprehend it, to achieve that, grasping of a character after reading something is I have to get in that headspace it's very fuzzy when you pick up a script it's very fuzzy when you're trying to memorize it and like figure find the the scene without the context Mm -hmm. it's very fuzzy when you take a step back and focus on it like yeah it's like inception like you're in control (laughs) Yeah. yeah But there's a lot of power in being able to become someone else. But you're not really becoming someone else, in my opinion. You're taking, I I mean, to get too metaphysical, too spiritual, or anything like that, but I think there is a piece of everyone in everyone. And that's where our empathy and sympathy comes in. The reason that we can empathize and sympathize so much with with people is because we I I know you're suffering because I've suffered it too. Now, you know, whether that's in this life or a past life or what whatever it is, there's something that connects us as humans. So I um, not everybody agrees with that, but that's just what I that's how I see it with acting is that it's not that I'm becoming someone else, it's that I'm uh, t- taking a piece that's already in me and I am inflating it, conflating it to consume me for a little while. But, you know, that's where some actors can get in trouble too because don't lose yourself either in all that because we know what happens to some of these actors that just, I mean, some of them are damn near schizophrenic or, you know, or bipolar because they, they they have PTSD by their own roles. Like if you've been acting for 30 years and you played so many people, multiple projects a year and over half those projects are real dark dramas or, you know, horror pictures or whatever. Like, I mean, and sometimes, I mean, 
you know, you you as a director, I know you want to go there. And when I say you want to go there, I mean that like when you direct something, I know that you're going to get to a point where we're going to have a scene and it's going to be like we may have to do a bunch of takes until all of us are so tired like to where the actor can no longer even be acting that they're they're in the situation there and they really feel like they're trapped in there you know like if we're directing in like a room you know and it's supposed to be like this secluded and someone's been you know tortured or someone's been you know I'm just you know spitting out ideas of where you know where you might want to go in a scene um that we're at a point now where we've been we've been down there a while and we keep doing so many takes that it's like it's showing on your face that you're tired you want to get out of there <laughs> so going there sometimes means putting the work in until you know until you you don't even realize you're working it's kind of like it's you're in your art it's um patty jenkins said pretty much like the same thing uh on wonder woman um on the um hollywood reporters director's roundtable she said that at the airplane hangar and the end of wonder woman uh the very emotional scene between her and uh and steve trevor um that she didn't want to film that on a sound stage she wanted to actually be outside and at an airplane hangar and because you can't like you can't replicate stuff like that and you would have a fan then you'd have to do adr later so like there are a lot of reasons why you would want to do something on location but because it was so early i mean like early in the morning late at night um and it was so cold that Gal Gadot, she was like freezing, like almost hypothermic, because um, it was so cold and like she's shaking. And Patty's like, "We're so close." Like I, she was like, "I did not want to keep asking her to do this scene, to to do these lines." And like, Gal was taking. I mean, she was in the Wonder Woman uh, suit, so right. So like she's Chris Pine, Chris yeah. Pine had on you know a coat and everything, and she's. You know, wearing cut-off shorts and armor. <laughs> right, strapless yeah. armor. So, it, yeah. The top of her chest and her arms are exposed in that cold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes you have to ask, you know, your actors to do things they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And as an actor, you have to you have to commit. Like, like I said, we'll talk about it later. Like, with the stuff that... And it's not like like you were acting, but like there, it weren't. It wasn't like lines. Like uh, the stuff that we were doing was very physical, right? So, but you committed, and I, I even took to Twitter. I was like, "This dude really committed." <laughs> Everything I threw at him, he he did it, and he did it. Like like we took a lot of takes too for some of the stuff. So just to get it right, and but um, one thing that popped in my head. Uh, a little earlier, that I take, that I took from my uh, acting director, my drama teacher, um, that 
one of my main problems when I got into I, I like I'm not the person that willingly wants to just perform in front of a lot of people you know I'm an introvert but so I threw myself into a drama class senior year and so that was me kind of pushing myself out of my comfort zone one of the things like I was not not to like brag or anything like I was like an advanced actor already in senior year because I had wanted to do it for a, a while and I was you know put like that's how I got into film I was put me and my brother we did our own skits and I would act in them and I was like well I want to do this for real um so I I wasn't you know a beginner but when you're doing something creatively you have to be able to take creative criticism like and I didn't fight or anything I I didn't understand it I didn't understand it at first but in the beginning of the class like in the beginning of this semester my teacher said like I was like I killed it like my first mom like I I killed it and he was like that was really good but you're too cool I was like I that's all he said. You're too cool. And he kept calling me Denzel because of my voice. I've always had a smooth <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, but he kept calling me Denzel. And he didn't give me any of the reasons why. Like I said, as an actor, you have to do the research yourself. Like, I found out what... I found out why he kept calling me Denzel. Not because of my performance, <laughs> but because of my voice. And maybe a little bit of it was because of my performance, but it was definitely because of my voice. But he said, you're too cool. I had to really search myself for that. And it went, it brought me back to, and I'll bring this around full circle. There was another assignment that I never did. It was like, you had to perform. You had to like dance in front of the class. And that was to get you out of your comfort zone, to get you out of your head. And the thing that I said that I took with me is that one, accepting criticism and working on it. But the second thing was the reason why we did that assignment is to not judge yourself. He said, never judge yourself. Stop judging yourself. Do this. Like, act out. Be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So to go back, I was in my comfort zone. That's why I was too cool because I was – I was performing, but I was a little too stiff. Like I wasn't inflating words, uh, and I like I was delivering a good performance, but it could have been better because I was. If it would have been better if I would have gotten out of my comfort zone. Right. You you got to be af- you you can't be afraid to to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be messy. You know, to to showcase all the bad parts of humanity that's within you. All the the, you know, it's like people think being an actor means like you show up, there's a set, and you, you know, all right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna deliver this line, and all right, you're delivering them. But what, you know? 
you're just you're stiff. You gotta gotta not be afraid to get dirty. Mm-hmm. You gotta look uncool. <laughs> you gotta not be like I I get that. Like you don't want to like like if you're acting a scene where you're in pain, like you gotta act like you're really in pain. And it's not gonna it's gonna look ugly. You're gonna look ugly. Like being an actor isn't it's not about the red carpet people, you know, like look how beautiful these actors are. It's always like, you know, oh, these actors are so handsome or so pretty or so, you know, and typically they are good looking people. But when they get in those roles and they're all like getting li- literally and figuratively getting their hands dirty in 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 a scene, then they're they're in another place. They're not worried about being pretty or being you know looking cool it's about losing yourself in that but you you know don't get lost in it you know (laughs) i mean unless you want to be method and keep the character up even offset yeah but at some point you got to pull back to reality (laughs) when the shooting's done yeah. Um. I. I also, when we were filming the project too, I encouraged you to say, uh, "Don't be afraid to say, uh, action." You know, instead of saying "all right" or "okay," like you know, you're a director. You, you, be like, action, go. Yeah, I'm, I was a little. I, I was everything on the. On the <laughs> I was makeup. I was the DP. This is true. Everything. This um, is true. Huge misconception. Directors don't say action and cut. The AD. This the is true. This is this director. is true. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's right. not a job I ever want. I've done it. Don't. <laughs> I however, fucking do not want to be an assistant director. <laughs> however, for yeah, uh, you, you you knew my point. I wasn't trying. Yeah, to, I wasn't. <laughs> no, but like I've never done that before. Like that, it, the first time I did that, like, I even chuckled. I was like, "Yeah, that's stupid!" Like they do in movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I've never done that, so it was kind of funny for me. <laughs> but cause, you, you had yeah. to play. You had to play DP and director and makeup artist. And, you know, <laughs> typically you wouldn't have to do all that. So. But for two people pulling off that project, I thought that was we did a pretty pretty good job. Yeah, it looks very indie. I wish we had a crew. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was. I don't want to go into the project, so I'm kind of tiptoeing around it. But like, yeah, it, it looks really good because I'm also the editor. So <laughs> I'm wearing a lot of and hats. And you're editing. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And coloring. I it. just acted <laughs> in it. Yeah, it's it looks good. And like I said, like you, what I said before we started recording, like you committed, like like I said earlier, like you committed, like I, like you you want to work on acting more, and like I'll I'll help you with that too, cause mm-hmm. like I'm gonna have to act in some of my stuff too, like right. until I can hire actors, like I, I'm gonna have right. to be in some of my stuff too, so, but which I'm not looking forward to, <laughs> but. Like, I literally said, be, like, I was, 
more so focus on like while still trying to tell this story that has no words in it <laughs> um is basically a short film but I was more so focusing on the cinematography of it I was more so DPing it and like the as a whole directing it but in the moment more so DPing so I was just telling you be stressed out and like we got some really good shit <laughs> and I like, look pretty rough, <laughs> <laughs> and that was that wasn't makeup. That was just you committing. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on, without going into the project, do you want to like talk about like your process so far? Um. Well, like I, I'm glad that you like we're both learning with this project. So, you know, you you're still trying to find your um like your style of directing um you have all the influences are there it's just now um portraying what you see in your head you know how how do you see this looking and and making making it hands on look like that um and then my my job is to make it believable <laughs> mm-hmm. to be to to be a proxy for somebody looking at this you know so in some ways it's it's very meaty it's a lot of weight to try to um not only be something that somebody's looking at to see themselves in or through but just somebody that even if they're not really looking to to put themselves in my skin for the video for the for any film projects uh is to at least be entertaining enough for somebody you know surface value to just um to to understand to sympathize with to to get what we're doing with it you're there to 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 visually move the thing towards the thing people are trying to understand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so my job is just to deliver whatever you, whatever you throw at me. I'm, I'm very easy to work with. You've probably noticed that, that my, my ability to, to take orders well and criticism well in, in that moment because I know I want to make it as good as you want to make it. Like if you think like that doesn't look good, you do it again. We'll do it again. I'll jump back into the, the 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 mud, or I'll jump back into the, you know. <laughs> it was it was torturous. I, I even was like, I can only make him do this like two more times. <laughs> <laughs> but like we we got to get it looking right, you know. I I just I don't want to settle for something that's half-assed or mediocre. Um, so even though I'm already dirty, I got to do it again. <laughs> just, just how it is. Um, so I just want to work on my delivery better, you know, um, as an actor. Um, I, I, I used to see myself as an actor, uh, like when I was younger, I wanted to be one, but then. I kind of drifted away from that. I said, I just want to be a writer. Um, but not an easy job. 
now, but now, like, as I was writing with you, though, I've been inspired to maybe bring that back with acting. So I didn't really intend on acting. Um, and it's just re-sparked my love for it, I guess, with with the last couple projects we did. So just seeing it on camera, like what you're doing with your movements, your camera movements, and, and like... The more I grow in my craft, the more is is gonna help you grow in your craft, and vice versa. Because right now, right, actor and director combo is a, is a good combo to have. Yeah. Because I wanna I wanna get more um, believable in my acting, and you wanna get you know your visuals sharper, or you know movement or you know, whatever it is you just you want to portray it more and more until you until you're just like like we say sculpting out you know mining for gold or sculpt sculpting the um the statue but you have to chip away at everything that isn't the the statue yeah you know um chip away at the marble so yeah, process-wise, like, I mean, since I'm still learning, I mean, I really want I really want to see a script and see a character and study that character. Because you, you know who my favorite actor of all time is, right? You look just like him when you shave that beard. No. <laughs> Wait, who do you think I'm talking about? Jake Chillenhoff. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis is is my. Don't look anything like Daniel Day Lewis. No, I don't like. <laughs> he looks different every movie. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know like. what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's probably my biggest influence. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty high goal. <laughs> he's he's just one of those. It's just untouchable, you know. Um, it it was it clicked with me when I saw my left foot. You know, when I saw that, um. For literature class in high school in like 11th grade or something so i was probably like 16 so i guess watch the last of the mohicans in literature yeah i yeah, i remember that one too why are you guys making me watch this and we never got to the reason why you're like did you guys watch the movie I'm like yeah okay so moving on uh <laughs> you, like, you just made us watch you can't this movie just do that like, what? <laughs> and they also made us watch the most racist shit ever i've seen in school and i've seen like jim crow and stuff like that what are you talking about Othello in blackface oh i forget the name of the actor that that did it but yeah the 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 (laughs) uh, not the Lawrence fishburne movie a play like um okay why are you making this much (laughs) interesting anyways (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um yeah, his, his movies and um oh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is one too. <laughs> and Leo. Leo, yeah. Leo. Oh man. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Like when when he was the kid and he was basically had like the handicap. Oh. Oh. Stuff like that. Just just that growing up watching these movies where it's like that's so and so? No way. You know, the transforming, how they act, how they look. 
like I never wanted to be like a like a Seth Rogen, you know, kind of actor where it's just typically like the same. You know, I mean that's probably a bad example. Seth Rogen, I don't think he's a bad actor or anything like that, but a, a one-dimensional actor that's the same in everything. I didn't want to be that. Yeah. I always wanted to be the actor that was like whoa so he's a villain in this who looks like that gain this weight or whatever now i'm not you know i don't, don't want to go too far with the uh, <laughs> christian bale you know and he shrunk down to really unhealthy sizes um and then gained a lot of weight after that but method you know, method one thing that i learned from acting like it's the answer to acting I don't know if you've ever heard it, but if you, I just found out you were in a drama class. So maybe you have. Um, but great acting is great reacting. Take that. You have the answer to acting. For for the, it'll, it'll it'll get you there. It'll it'll help. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all about the reaction. And studying people, because I that's not stalking. <laughs> not stalking. But studying. Um, because I, I love doing impressions of people, even if they're not on point. You all have heard this. If you listen to this podcast, it just breaks down impressions all the time. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Most in our earlier episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, we're getting back around. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, it, you know, just studying people, studying certain things about them. Ta- taking, you know, a, a a good impression doesn't have to be uh, an exact impression. It could be something that someone does, like a very minor thing that they do that you exaggerate. You know, a lot of uh, comedians take, um, like, Bill Clinton's uh, mannerisms, for example, and he... You know, it's like he has like kind of a holding back, kind of a raspy voice. And so it's like, yeah, kind of, but not as much as comedians make it. You know, comedians do that like, oh, I'm taking this time for me to, you know, stuff like that. So it just learning to study people and what makes them interesting. And you will eventually take that into account when you're creating characters or pulling out characters that are already within you <laughs> as an actor. Yeah. Um, I I was trying to remember where I saw it, but then it hit me. I know where exactly where I saw it. Um Jamie Foxx was on um Jimmy Kimmel. No, Jimmy Fallon. Uh wherever his late show. They're all called the late show. Um but <laughs> but he out of nowhere, broke into like a, a Denzel impression, a, a impersonation, and no, his voice wasn't exactly Denzel Washington. But like you said, you have to study a person. He had all the infl- inflations in his voice, all the inflections and everything, and so it sounds like Denzel's talking, but the voice not so much. But how I knew that he studied. He studies Denzel. It had nothing to do with the voice or the delivery. It was his body, his physicality. He like twitched his arm 
his hand in a certain way. It's like, yep. He does. He, he knows do Denzel. That. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's so much more than, you know, how a person talks, you know. And it was hilarious because it's Jamie Foxx. Um, I wish he did more stand up because he's hilarious. Yeah, he had good yeah. stand ups, yeah. Yeah, but I think I think that about does it for this week's episode. It's something we've never talked about, but starting out this podcast we wanted to talk about more. But so we got there in the first year. Even with like with last week's episode, we wanted to because we we talk about you know inward more than outward, um, that our inner selves than our you know our outer selves, and so I mean society is outside of ourselves, so that's easy to talk about. It's something we don't talk about much at all, and like acting, like we're creatives. I think we've more so come across as like as as just dudes that go through shit in life. Um Which but we are. we're we're artists and we're creatives and I we don't talk about it enough. And I'm sure a lot of people learned a lot of things. Maybe about us, maybe about, you know, something they're interested in, like acting. Like everyone has a friend that wants to act. Like maybe they're just the funny guy. And they're like, yeah, man, I, you, you're doing a short film, I'm going to act. And has probably never studied an act or anything, but is interested, at least. So, maybe, maybe we touched on something you, you, you want to hear. Mm. But that does it for this week's episode. It's been a good one. It was good to talk about, you know, an old process, I you said. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But... Thank you for stopping by, and we will catch you next week. Later.